0: police are now seeking to re-interview Jesse Smollett as news has emerged. They believe he staged this hoax. We are also hearing from TMZ that it may go to a grand jury. He may actually be indicted for staging this crime. I'm sure many of you have been following the story, so we do have a couple updates. But the bigger picture here is that many people on the left touted this story as an example of the hatred from Trump supporters and the racism and white supremacy that is pervasive in our society today. But as this story unravels and it appears to be false, many of these people are nowhere to be found. No retractions, no apologies, though there are many people on the left who have come out and condemned this. We're still seeing some politicians refuse to make statements, outright delete tweets, but more importantly, the media gaslighting. As activists try to claim journalists had no part in this, they did a good job, when in reality... There's actually a huge list of journalists pushing fake news in a, almost exactly the same way that they did with Covington. So today, let's take a quick look at the updates on the Justice Smollett case and then go through the huge list of journalists, I'll use air quotes for journalists, who pushed out fake news before they had any facts. But before we get started, make sure you follow us over at Minds.com slash Subverse, where we have this link to our distributed newsroom. In this newsroom, you can chat with us, share stories, fact check, and otherwise share stories that you think aren't being reported. If you want to support these videos, just share them to spread the message. Just a quick update on the latest facts from the AP today. Chicago police seek follow-up interview with Jesse Smollett. Chicago police said Sunday they're still seeking a follow-up interview with Jesse Smollett after receiving new information that shifted their investigation of a reported attack on the Empire Actor. Police spokesman Anthony Guglielmi said, "We are not confirming, denying or commenting on anything until we can talk to him and we can corroborate some information that we've gotten." The next update from TMZ is that the Jesse Smollett case to go to grand jury. This means he may actually be indicted for a crime. And we did hear previously that police would seek to prosecute him if it turned out to be a hoax. Additionally, Jesse Smollett received a threatening letter previously, and it now seems that they're going to be investigating whether or not this was a hoax as well. TMZ reports, We're told when police raided the home of the two brothers, they found magazines with pages torn out, and authorities are now trying to determine if the missing pages are connected to the threatening letter that was sent to Jesse eight days before the alleged attack. They add, we're told investigators didn't believe the two alleged attackers screamed this is MAGA country because, quote, Not a single Trump supporter watches Empire. At this point, it's important to point out the police have not confirmed these details, but many news outlets are covering this far and wide, citing police sources. And if we're going to trust even CNN, it sounds like this is basically confirmed. But keep in mind, Smollett once said a few weeks ago, I fought the F back. He maintained what was presumably a lie and even pushed and exaggerated his story later on. But now what people on the right are looking for is retractions and apologies. And there are a lot of people on the left who have come out and said this is wrong. If he did this, they will condemn him. From the rap, Al Sharpton says Jussie Smollett should face accountability to the maximum if attack was staged. If it is found that Smollett and these gentlemen did in some way perpetrate something that is not true, they ought to face accountability to the maximum the MSNBC host and civil rights leader said during a Sunday airing of his program, Politics Nation. But although there are others who have come out and condemned Jesse Smollett for potentially perpetrating this hoax, some people either don't want to say anything, dispute the new reporting, or just deleted their tweets. From the Daily Mail, Nancy Pelosi deletes a tweet saying attack on actor Jesse Smollett was an affront to humanity after allegations the Empire star staged homophobic and racist attack to save his job. In her tweet, she added no one should be attacked for who they are or whom they love. I pray that Jesse has a speedy recovery and that justice is served. May we all commit to ending this hate once and for all. Now, I would agree with Nancy Pelosi. We should end this hate in reference to hoax hate crimes, because they do a disservice to actual victims and they only make the problems worse. They sow distrust when people try and make these claims. And then we have this story. Cory Booker says he won't comment further on the Smollett case until more information comes out. But remember, he initially used the story of Jesse Smollett to advocate for a bill that he was pushing to make lynching a hate crime federally. Now that we're hearing reporting he may have faked this crime, Cory Booker is refusing to say anything. So you can definitely see the bias, but that's to be expected. Cory Booker is on the left. But now to the more important point, the gaslighting. Julio Rojas on Twitter tweeted, Vox's Liz Plank on This Is MAGA Country quote saying, The people who were repeating that quote were not news outlets. It was repeated by, sure, people who maybe had good intentions of wanting to spread the story. We can't confuse celebrity tweets with media and the press. Brian Stelter then says So you're saying actors and activists who were rushing to his side because they were friends with him and they supported him are not the same as Chicago reporters who are trying to find out what happened? Stelter added. There was a rush to judgment. I think it was mostly in the celebrity press and among activists and among Twitter people. I think it was a really careful reporting by news organizations. But it all gets lumped in together at the end of the day. This rhetoric is repeated by Wesley Lauer of The Washington Post, who adds in a tweet, journalists relayed Smoltz's claim and initial police statements seemingly backing it. Journos aren't the villain here. Dave Weigel of The Washington Post added, Twitter often blurs the media into a blob of celebrities, pundits, and randos, and it does a disservice to the reporters who covered this story right away. There are many journalists from actual news organizations, particularly in Chicago, who did an outstanding job covering the story, and it would seem that they were right every step of the way. Very early on, a local Chicago reporter said that police sources doubt the veracity of these claims. He actually deleted this tweet, but it turned out he was likely correct. The police did doubt this, presumably, but more importantly, they're actually investigating, it would seem. Justice Smollett's claims as a hoax. But it's not true that journalists across the board did a good job. It's not true what Brian Stelter, what Wesley Lowry, or Dave Weigel are saying. Journalists absolutely pushed fake news. But here's a more important point. Maybe what they're saying is true. Maybe now Brian Stelter, Wesley Lowry, and David Weigel are admitting that many of these news organizations are in fact activist organizations. Because as it turns out, Mediaite put together a huge list of people we would presume to be journalists acting as activists. And if what Brian Stelter says is true, he actually doesn't see these people as journalists. He sees them as activists or just personalities. Unfortunately, they work for news organizations, so it would appear that he's wrong. For Mediaite, did the media jump the gun on the Jesse Smollett story? This is from Caleb Howe. In light of new details in the investigation of the alleged assault on actor Jesse Smollett, fingers have been pointed at the media for jumping the gun on the story. In pushing back against it, there's an emerging effort to draw distinction between rapid-fire activists and celebrities on social media and members of the press. He makes reference to what Liz Plank said about the MAGA country incident and adds, This is a fine idea, and there should be some distinction when referring to the media at large. But in this case, the facts simply don't bear out the premise that the press was not involved in an early pylon. In fact, dozens of reporters tweeted these very things on the day the story broke. These are only some of the examples. Take a look at these reporters slash members of the press slash journalists from the New York Post saying, I also hate when cops investigate this kind of blatant S as a possible hate crime. This is obviously a hate crime. A Newsweek writer saying, Empire Star just a small victim of homophobic attack by MAGA supporters. The Daily Beast reporting people in MAGA hats recognized and attacked him. We have a writer from Boing Boing, Jenny Jardine, saying Trump owns this. Donald Trump supporters own this. Everyone who allows racist and homophobic words to go unchecked owns this. We have Philadelphia Magazine. Trump MAGA supporters came after a black gay man with a noose in Chicago. Vibe. Nightline on ABC News, Jesse Smollett beaten in homophobic attack by MAGA supporters, Empire Cast getting armed guards, not true. We have Forbes and Slate, the LA Times and Gadget, BuzzFeed, Reuters, Teen Vogue and the Washington Post. We have a contributor to Cosmopolitan, Rolling Stone, AP and ABC News, The Village Voice and The Guardian, Huffington Post, The Washington Post, Vanity Fair. We have a Fox 32 anchor and reporter, raw Story. He says that one was shared with headline by this guy who writes about the spread of fake news, Paul Leary, and some freelance journalists. Another factor that is not addressed in the media who retweet or share the tweets from celebrities and activists. There were a lot of famous people tweeting that day, including politicians and members of the media shared their tweets. Cory Doctorow, Howard Dean, a Hillary Clinton strategist, a Democratic coalition. The list goes on and on. And if I was going to read all of it, it might take too long, so we'll skip ahead. He ends the story by highlighting some individuals who mention we should relax a little bit and wait for the facts. But the idea that journalists weren't pushing this is gaslighting. It's absolutely fake news coming from the likes of CNN, The Washington Post, trying to make you believe it wasn't journalists pushing this narrative. Well, actually, you know what? I'll say that maybe they're right. They're just activists. They're not journalists. But also look at Covington. Why is it that so many people are smeared as conservative for pouncing on certain stories and certain issues, when in reality, it's probably just skeptics? But actually, the skeptics are probably becoming conservative because they can see through the complete and total BS. I'm by no means a conservative, but I reserve judgment on the small story I reserve judgment on the Covington story. Why is that? Why is it so hard for these people who claim to be journalists to just wait for the facts, to report things accurately? There were many journalists who did report this accurately, who said an alleged attack, a potential hate crime. He accuses people of a hate crime. It's important to point out that initial police reports aren't definitive. They're just what one person said, and we got to wait for more details. And this is true for people of all political factions. When it comes to unarmed men being killed by police, we must wait for evidence and more details. Brian Stelter responded to someone on Twitter who accused him of bias, saying, Yes, it is, Brian Stelter. Your network and the rest of leftist media are willing participants in this race-baiting hoax by an actor of little repute. You deserve all the mockery, shame, and excoriation headed your way. Stelter said, So if someone reports a crime, you don't want news outlets to report on the allegation or the police investigation? But that is absolutely unfair. And we can just take a look at the massive list produced by Mediaite showing just how many people working for major outlets were pushing fake news. They weren't pushing allegations. They were saying it definitively. What may be the most alarming aspect of the narrative coming from CNN, The Washington Post, Brian Stelter, etc., is how these journalists weren't pushing this. But in fact, we have the AP, we have the LA Times, we have The Washington Post, these people were absolutely pushing fake news. We're not talking about clickbait digital blogs like Vox or BuzzFeed. We're talking about legacy media. We're talking about major newspapers who pushed fake news. But I will end this story with what may be the most terrifying op-ed I have ever seen. I did talk about this earlier on my second channel, but I want to repeat it. In this story from the Washington Post, the op-ed writer says, if Smollett's story is found to be untrue, it will cause irreparable damage to the communities most affected. Smollett would be the first example skeptic cite when they say we should be dubious of victims who step forward to share their experience of racist hate crimes or sexual violence. The incident would be touted as proof that there is a leftist conspiracy to cast Trump supporters as violent, murderous racists. It would be the very embodiment of fake news. And that reason, more than any other, is why I need this story to be true, despite its ugliness. And despite what it would say about the danger of the world I live in, the damage done would be too deep and long lasting. This could be one tragedy that the Lion family, and more importantly, the ordinary people who loved the show and invested in Smollett and his character, could never overcome. They need the story to be true. Not just this story. All of the fake hate crimes. All of the women who claimed someone tore their hijab off that wasn't true. All of the people who vandalized churches, synagogues, smashed windows, spray-painted cars. All of these stories. There are many of them. Now, I don't think all hate crimes reported are fake by no means. It's a small fraction. But you can see from this sentiment just why they need to gaslight, just why this needs to be true, and why they will now continue with the narrative that it is okay to be factually incorrect if you're morally right. We already see people saying, you know what? Ellen Page may have been wrong about the Jussie Swallet incident, but what she was saying still stands true. But a narrative policy ideology built on lies is not morally good. It's manipulative. It's wrong. It's forcing people into a world that doesn't exist because you want it to. They desperately need it to exist. But for the most part, it seems like it might not. Or at the very least, it's not as bad as they think it is. They just need it to be bad. They need to be bad so that they can push for their worldview, so they can push for their policies. Let me know what you think in the comments below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Mines at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. And I'll have more videos on my second channel, youtube.com slash News, starting at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time.